Welcome to uh, Day 80 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul Kemp here with uh, Katie Kresge and Matt Kresge. Continue our journey through uh, the Book of Acts. Uh, what a rich, rich story. Luke is such a great storyteller, but there's far more than just the details that he gives to the story. We're so drawn in by the power of the gospel and how it's mm-hmm. transforming the world. Mm-hmm. Um, it is uh, absolutely amazing what the power of the Holy Spirit is doing through ordinary people as they take the gospel with them wherever they go. And, of course, we've been following you know, the outline that uh, Jesus gave his disciples. They were his witnesses beginning in Jerusalem and then Judea and Samaria. And now we really are going to the edge uh, of the world. We've been in Athens, and uh, today we find ourselves in Corinth. And God continues to do incredible things as he establishes church throughout the Roman Empire. So as we come to this, it's, it's more than a story for us. Uh, it's more than just uh, vivid storytelling. It's the heart of God uh, revealed to us for our edification to build us up, to shape us, to draw us ever deeper into our love for and worship of Christ Jesus, uh, the Father, the Son, and, and the Holy Spirit. So when we come to the Word, we, we come with reverence, we come to read relationally, and we ask the Lord to meet us in this moment and to use His Word through His Spirit to build us up in Christ Jesus. So Matt, do you mind uh, praying for us? Yeah. This is actually our second take. I wish you could have heard the prayer that uh, Matt prayed well ago. <laughs> see if you can get anywhere close to that, Matt. Yeah, we'll see what we can do. Ask, ask God to remember my first prayer. Um, Father, we do thank you. Thank you for this time together in your word. Um, We thank you for um, the power of the gospel that we've seen all throughout the book of Acts thus far, and we're reminded that this isn't just a power that um, was expressed 2,000 years ago. Even today, um, we we sense and we experience the power of the gospel as we reflect on it. And so, Father, as we read this, um, would you continue to build us up? Would you do exactly as Paul has already mentioned? Would you um, help us to, to worship you, to see you, um, to enjoy you through your word? Thank you that when we do read your word, um, you act. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's that's what we pray. We pray that we ask that, the Father, you would act um, in us to transform us for your glory, um, that we would be your people in this place, this time. Um, God, and you continue to shape us as we read your word. Um, be with us. Give us wisdom. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Acts chapter 18. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he met a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius had ordered all Jews to leave Rome. Paul went to see them, and because he was a tent maker as they were, he stayed and worked with them. Every Sabbath he reasoned in the synagogue trying to persuade Jews and Greeks. When Silas and Timothy came from Macedonia, Paul devoted himself exclusively to preaching, testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Messiah. But when they opposed Paul and became abusive, he took out he shook out his clothes in protest and said to them, Your blood be on your own head, I'm innocent of it. From now on I will go to the Gentiles. Then Paul left the synagogue and went next door to the house of Titius Justus, a worshipper of God. Crispus, the synagogue leader, and his entire household believed the Lord, and many of the Corinthians who heard Paul believed and were baptized. One night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent, for I am with you. And no one is going to attack you and harm you, because I have many people in this city. So Paul stayed in Corinth for a year and a half, teaching them the word of God. 
When Gallia was proconsul of Achaia, the Jews of Corinth made a united attack on Paul and brought him to the place of judgment. This man they charged as persuading the people to worship God in ways contrary to the law. Just as Paul was about to speak, Gallio said to them, If you Jews were making a complaint about some misdemeanor or serious crime, it would be reasonable for me to listen to you. But since it involves questions about words and names and your own law, settle the matter yourselves. I will not be judge of such things. So he drove them off. Then the crowd there turned on Sosthenes, the synagogue leader, and beat him in front of the proconsul. And Gallio showed no concern whatever. Paul stayed on in Corinth for some time. Then he left the brothers and sisters and sailed for Syria, accompanied by Priscilla and Aquila. Before he sailed, he had his hair cut off at Interia because of a vow he had taken. They arrived at Ephesus, where Paul left Priscilla and Aquila. He himself went in the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. When they asked him to spend more time with him, he declined. But as he left, he promised, I will come back if it is God's will. Then he set sail from Ephesus. When he landed in Caesarea, he went up to Jerusalem and greeted the church and then went down to Antioch. After spending some time in Antioch, Paul set out from there and traveled from place to place throughout the regions of Galatia and Phrygia, strengthening all the disciples. Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord and spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately, though he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they invited him to their home and explained to him the way of God more adequately. When Apollos wanted to go to Achaia, the brothers and sisters encouraged him and wrote to the disciples there to welcome him. When he arrived, he was a great help to those who by grace had believed, for he vigorously refuted the Jewish opponents in public debate, proving from the scriptures that Jesus was the Messiah. So we find Paul in the city of Corinth, and of course, uh, we have two letters in our New Testament that were written to the city of Corinth. There may be two other letters that Paul refers to in these two mm-hmm. letters, and there may be three or four other letters that he never refers to at all. Uh, we have, you know, what the Holy Spirit has reserved for us in our New Testaments, or preserved for us in our, our New Testaments, which is a rich encouragement to us. But Paul's ministry, his teaching, you know, was far greater than you know we have recorded in these few words that we have for us but these are deeply uh, deeply rich as, as we see that as you guys read this passage what are some of the things that uh, stand out i love how god sustains paul you know as he enters into corinth and um he's every sabbath i mean he's reasoned in the synagogue trying to persuade jews and greeks and they become abusive and i mean you just get the sense that you know paul's frustrated he's like ah you know these guys and shakes out you know his his clothes protests and and really rebukes and your blood's on your head you know and and i love what god does to sustain paul and you almost get the sense that i mean this is just we see so much of our, i think ourselves and and paul at times where we just grow frustrated with people and paul says or god tells paul i have you here because there's so many people isn't that fantastic mm-hmm. yeah i love that there's a great work for i'm doing a great work here and you will be a part of that, you know, and he, he sustains them with promises. Yeah, and these are people who have not yet come to the Lord, but yeah. the Lord has already claimed them. I have many people here in this city, and as you continue to preach the gospel, that will become obvious. As, yeah. uh, the gospel meets with the call that I've placed on their life, and they come, you know, to, uh, to know me. Mm-hmm. And that's why it you know, describes Apollos as being much help to those who, by grace, had believed. Yep. 
it is a gift of God, and from beginning to end, as he draws us to himself, as he brings the gospel into our lives and uh, allows us to respond to the gospel, causes us to respond to the gospel, and those who are already his become his in that moment. It's funny that you noticed that. I noticed something completely different and something I never noticed before until just now as we were reading, but just God's sovereignty in Priscilla and Aquila's life um, and how um, because of this, of Claudius ordering the Jews to leave Rome, they're there when Paul gets to Corinth and he stays with them. Their hospitality um, is really discipleship. I I see it as um, a time for Paul to maybe impart some of his wisdom, um, what he's learned and what he knows. And so this time where Paul is living with them is um, so good. And then later when they join or they go with him to Ephesus and he moves on, like they take Apollos in and bring him into their home um, to disciple him, to maybe correct him in some ways. Um, And I just love to see how God has orchestrated this and he has used their their hospitality um their i don't know their openness to just welcome people into their home and spend time with them and it's i mean you see so much fruit from from these moments um in these seasons where they're um spending such quality time with them it for me it's definitely encouraging me and really convicting me to just open my open my time open my home up to people to disciple them well, I'll come over later this afternoon, and we can make some yeah. tents come on on together. Well, we'll make some tents in the backyard. <laughs> is it? Isn't it? Is it? Um, Rosa, what is her name? Rosaria Butterfield that has mm-hmm. that book. You know, the the gospel comes, comes with a house, house key. key. Yeah, I mean, it's so true. We read it, and you see so much of, of, and really throughout the Book of Acts, just so much discipleship happening in the homes of believers as they welcome well, people in. Well, um, deeper than that, you know, this discipleship happening as you do life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In other words, it's you know inviting Paul into a life that they you know shared in common, and inviting you know later Apollos into a life that they shared yeah. in common. And one of the most interesting you know things uh, about you know this particular chapter is when we're introduced, we're introduced uh, you know to uh, Aquila, and then Priscilla's mentioned a couple lines later. There, there's a turn that takes place where Priscilla's name is always mentioned first. Mm-hmm which may mean that she was the more dynamic of the, the two mm-hmm. uh, and may mean that, you know, that she took a, she took a lead in, you know, helping Apollos and equipping Apollos. And you have to love, of course, we're going through the book of Hebrews on Sunday and we've speculated that the, of, you know, the candidates that we know in the New Testament, Paul, I mean, Apollos would be a great candidate for the author of Hebrews. It's the Alexandrian style, you know, mm-hmm. that uh, Hebrews is written in. It's someone who is well acquainted, you know, with the Old Scripture, uh, with the Old Testament Scriptures, and someone who accurately proves from the Scripture that Jesus is the Messiah. He may or may not have written it, but he is uh, certainly the best of the candidates, you know, that we find in the yeah. New Testament, mm-hmm. you know, in that description. But I love it. He knew only the baptism of John. And the baptism of John was taking you right up to the edge of the Old Covenant uh, where you repent in preparation for the gift of the Holy Spirit, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. And, of course, that is, you know, the heart of, you know, what the difference is, uh, you know, a repentance that prepares for the one who comes rather than faith, which is the second part of the gospel. We have repentance and faith in the one who has come. And through that, receiving the renewal that comes by the Holy Spirit, 
uh, which is a uh, you know the full gift, and so that's you know that is and more adequately yeah. knowing the word of God, mm. knowing that the promises have been fulfilled in Christ. Yeah, I always laugh the way kind of Luke describes that. You know, that Paul as he taught about Jesus accurately, though he only knew, and then you know they pull him aside and they teach him more adequately. Oh yeah, I mean, and, and I think that's. I mean, isn't that so true of all of us that we can teach accurately and still need more adequate? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, the the more adequate is always the gospel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, when we uh, bring the gospel to the story and the transformative power of the Holy Spirit, that God is renewing all things uh, for Himself and in Himself through Christ Jesus, and He's begun that new work in us. Mm-hmm. I love to, you know, we've talked about just the hospitality and even just sharing life, how, how devoted Paul was, and we're going to see it over and over again still, where he's not done, but how, how devoted he is going back to churches, you know, or going to these places to strengthen the believers there. Yeah. I mean, even mm-hmm. even where he grows frustrated and he says, okay, I'm going to go to the Gentiles, and, and God gives him these promises, do not be afraid, keep on speaking, he stays for a year and a half, you know, teaching them the word of God. And, and so I just love almost the simplicity of it that you know how, how do we grow how do we mature it's through the word of god it's yeah. through the day in day out you know discipleship through the word and it's not always the i mean when you read these passages it's not as exciting as some of the other passages we've read and yet we see the church you know thriving here as well mm. and that that's a good reminder that thriving is not so much a level of excitement as is a level of devotion yeah mm. uh, you know to god and to his word and to more adequately know his word and to accurately see from the Old Testament uh, that Jesus, you know, is, is the Messiah. And, of course, you do love Paul's pastoral heart. And writing to the Galatians, he said, I'm in the pangs of birth uh, to see Christ formed in you. I, I, I feel it deeply. I just right on the edge of my seat with you, pleading, you know, and, and pouring myself out and feeling the depths of my gut, you know, this the hope I have for you and of course that uh that comes through in the way that he writes that comes through in and in, in his pattern of you know missionary involvement where he continues to i want to go back and i want to see how they're doing i want to see christ formed in them it's all good <laughs> yeah it is but uh that's fun we kept you well over uh, on monday so we're going to uh quit right on time today so katie you have 22 seconds to uh close us in the word of prayer okay. 18 now better hurry All right, yeah. sounds good father thank you for this time in your word um thank you for um, these just vivid stories that we get to read um but that aren't just stories that really happened and um so thank you for these people. Thank you for Paul. Thank you for Priscilla and Aquila and the work um, that they did. And thank you for Apollos and for all the gifts that you imparted to them. Um, and it's for the building of your kingdom here. And so would you do that in us? And would you use us despite our many flaws um, and fill us with your spirit so that we can continue to persevere and do the work, um, the work of our God? in this world. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.